What's going on everyone? My name is Ajit at Sunny Side Up Podcast. I hope everyone who's tuning in is doing well and staying healthy. The Sunny Side Up Podcast is a community of thought leaders from different backgrounds who contribute to our mission, helping and marketing sales team evolve and stay updated to new trends by bringing together real world insights. So far, Sunny Side Up Podcast has hosted multiple industry leaders and influencers like Scott Brinkbeer, David Rapp, Matt Hines, and I'm sure you thoroughly enjoyed the episodes wherein they have shared their experiences, best practices, and also the insights typically on the latest trends and technologies for marketing and sales. So today I have an interesting guest to welcome on today's episode. Let's welcome Oscar Collingwood-Smith, who's going to be joining us on today's Sunny Side Up podcast episode. He is going to share his expertise on using out-of-the-box sales methods or sales methodologies, I would say, and strategies to reach prospects in the current situation what we are into. Welcome to the show, Oscar. How are you doing? Thanks, Ajay. I'm doing well, thanks, and it's good to be here. Yeah. Not really sure I can stack up against some of those thought leaders that you mentioned earlier, but I'm honored to be on the podcast today. So thank you for having me. Well, that's great to know, Oscar. And uh, without I forget, Oscar actually is a seasoned player wherein he brings in expertise in sales and service transformation projects, basically wherein he has worked with the leading companies around the globe to implement the readiness, enablement and coaching methodologies and technologies. So let's start with our today's show. In the current situation, what we are into, we have really seen that the sales has a downward graph. And I think most of the organizations are believing towards account management or working with your existing customers. So I think I would really like to know from you is what strategies are you adopting to help your existing customers? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. So to give you a bit of background, I moved over here from Australia about two years ago and started working with MindTickle in a go-to-market and strategy role, um, having only ever worked in sales before that. And in the last sort of three or four months, I've taken that pivot back to carrying a bag full time and, and stepping into an account executive role. And it led me to think about what was the reason that I got into sales in the first place. And it really is sort of changing my thinking on terms of getting back to basics. So I'm getting back to the point of being that trusted advisor. And that's the mindset that I'm trying to adopt at the moment, because everything's so chaotic. You know, people are running around their houses, chasing kids, chasing after barking dogs, and everything just seems a little bit uncertain. So people are going to tend to gravitate to things that they find comfort in. And what they find comfort in is things that they can control. So I feel like my job is to provide that sense of certainty with with customers and with prospects. And so really at a macro level or a strategic level, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about three things when it comes to adopting strategies to help customers. The first is around understanding, okay, who's feeling the pain? What does it look like from an industry standpoint? What does it look like from a role-specific standpoint? The second thing would be, what are the common trends that I'm seeing across the customer base and where can we help? And then I guess the third macro that I'm looking at is, you know, are there any opportunities to think outside the box? Is there a different application for our solution that we haven't thought of before? Are there different ways to approach a challenge that we haven't necessarily thought of because we've been super focused on what our original 
product market fit for our solution was. So that they're the kind of the strategies I'm thinking about from a macro level in terms of helping existing customers. Fantastic. And I think that's a great shift, I would really say, the way you transitioned yourself to a full-time salesperson. Interesting one. The next thing that immediately comes to my mind is, have you changed your approach to prospecting? What is your new approach in terms of either messaging or the cadence that you would like to follow? Or what's the frequency that you're trying to reach out? Well, it kind of relates back to the first question. Tactically, I'm proactively checking in as much as I can. I'm gathering all the information that I sort of talked about earlier in terms of that, you know, who's feeling the pain, what are the trends, opportunities to think outside the box. And if I'm seeing that across the board, I'm sharing some of those ideas and practices with other customers in my network and prospects as well, who I'm seeing in the pipeline just to say, hey, I've seen this work before, maybe you want to try it. So that's more of that proactive checking in. And then I think also working really closely with my cross-functional teams to help standardize, you know, and scale some of those out-of-the-box solutions, let's call them. But from a prospecting standpoint, I'd say on the whole, no. At the end of the day, it should be business as usual. Your job as, you know, a salesperson, or at least my perspective is my job as a salesperson is to be able to always cut through the noise and become top of mind for that prospect. Because like I mentioned earlier, there's just so much that's more that's grabbing people's attention, especially now with people being at home. So in terms of the outreach cadence and the frequency, I'd say that that's pretty much stock standard and not really looking to change status quo there. Prioritization of referral business for me is hugely high. So always, you know, looking to leverage LinkedIn, you know, last quarter, I really looked at how I could leverage our board and what board contacts that we would have, because I knew that having that trusted referral business is going to be much more likely to grab people's attention in a time where everyone's just looking at the news and and is in this kind of negative growth mindset. But that's largely the way that I'm looking at it from a prospecting standpoint. But when it comes down to, I guess, you know, cold outbounds or warm outbounds, I'm getting more people on the phone, which is interesting. I think people being at home and having that little bit more of a disconnect from society means that they get a phone call coming in and, you know, when you would otherwise silence that at the office before or you'd be in a meeting room with other people and you'd you'd silence the call, people are picking up the phone because people want to speak to people. I don't necessarily think that just because you're calling from a company that's trying to sell you some credit card or different widgets or whatever it might be, that people are still craving that human-to-human interaction. So I think the phone is actually becoming more popular these days than what it used to be and people are more likely to pick it up. Yeah, I completely agree on this. Yep. And from a messaging standpoint, the credible reason to engage is a must. And what I mean by that is making sure that every time I'm picking up the phone or every time I'm writing an email or every time I'm writing a LinkedIn message, I'm doing that with a real reason as to taking that person's time or taking that person's attention. So before a call, before an email, I'm always looking at what people are engaging on on LinkedIn, reading up on what their company's doing in the news, what are some of the messages that they're putting to their custom base and prospects in the market. And then also what people are posting on industry forums. And so building a structure and a process 
that surrounds you know, or and incorporates some of those elements and then being very consistent and targeted with the outreach. One thing that I've discovered having taken a bit of a break from sales and then just coming back in is I used to always leverage referral business when I was in Australia and, and the company I used to work for didn't necessarily have some of these more enterprise grade tools like a sales loft or an outreach for prospecting. And so what I noticed myself doing at the start of this year was effectively setting myself up for failure by overwhelming my tools with prospecting tasks and activities. So one, I mean, piece of advice that I always sort of tell myself now that I've learned it or tell others who are you know, growing into a sales role is don't necessarily set yourself up for failure by loading 500 prospects into a cadence that you're not going to be able to execute. Uh, so yeah, that's something that's helped me over the last couple of weeks as well. <laughs> that's an interesting advice. And then on a very positive approach, I could feel that the consistency, networking, and then using all of this baseline underlining statements or the way that you work, fantastic. That's amazing to know about it. So what sales channel do you recommend in a current situation for reaching out to the prospects? Interestingly enough, and maybe not as a surprise, it hasn't changed too much as well, given what's going on. But being multi-threaded and having a multi-presence across all the different touch points that you can have with a prospect is key. So I like to, to think about it like this. If I want to share a resource, if I want to share an article, a piece of news, I'll typically do that on LinkedIn. I find that the social engagement aspect of LinkedIn is really powerful and is less sort of pushy when it comes to getting information to somebody in a tactical way and also doesn't get necessarily lost in their inbox. You think about how many emails that you get today, Ajit, I'm, I'm sure you're getting, you know, hundreds. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> you know, how am I thinking about getting you a resource that I want you to engage with? And then also when I'm pointing you towards that, making sure that I'm pulling out some highlights or pointing you to a particular point that I think would be relevant for you. And then that comes back to that credible reason. The next piece would be around, you know, email outreach, which we're all doing. But mm. I do this for more of that strategic and re-referenceable material. Think about it almost like a soft proposal. So instead of it's really a guiding thread for what did we last speak about, where are we ultimately moving towards and how are we going to get there? What I've also been doing, and, and this is a bit of a plug here for MindTickle, is I'm actually using our product to engage with, with prospects in the sales cycle. So for those that don't know, you know, MindTickle is a sales training tool and sales readiness tool. It's particularly relevant at the moment because you know, nobody's able to go in for in-person training and everything is disconnected. We're doing a lot of field events that have gone from you know in-person to online. So when I need to get communication to somebody who's in a sales cycle with me, maybe it's a bit of competitive messaging. Maybe I know there's somebody in there, like one of our competitors who might need a little bit of a battle card or a little bit of a way to differentiate ourselves and to make that known to a prospect. So I'll actually set them up with a little bit of a sandbox environment and start pushing them resources via our platform. So a little bit of a different way to do it there. I don't know if it's uh, <laughs> it's it's something that I've come got a little pushback over here with, but texting. I text my prospects. Of course, it has been one of the channels which we have also seen been working re lately. I mean, yeah, completely 
that's interesting. Yeah. That's more about it. It cuts through the noise. There's so many emails that we get. There's so many LinkedIn messages. If I need an answer or if I'm looking to get top of somebody's mind, I'll shoot them a text. Okay. So do you prefer like any time or it's like I send like a text in them because someone who I know in sales, he tries and sends it in the morning. He says that's the ratio he has for the number of hits basically. So is that really true? Mm, that's interesting. I've never thought about the time per se. The litmus test for me of texting is if somebody were texting me at this time on a work-related subject, would I be okay with it? Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's all about knowing that person as well. I've got a prospect that I'm working with at the moment. She's like, I'm up at 6 a.m. So I'm working from six. If you want to do meetings at six, we can do meetings at six. To me, that says, well, if she's okay with meeting at six, then I can probably text her at six in the morning as well. True. Yeah. So should sales leader be focusing more on customer retention versus new customer wins? What do you think? I think it's going to depend at what stage your company is at. If you're a publicly funded enterprise company, you're more likely to be thinking about protecting your bottom line at the moment. So that's going to be a hyper focus on retaining customers. It might be a different story if you're an early or mid-stage startup. So I know that MindTickle, we're hyper focused on, on serving our existing customers and we have, you know, a customer success org and we have a pre-sales org. And so our customer success teams, I'm working very closely with my CSMs And there is a Herculean effort that is expected by our account executives, so myself, and the teamwork that we have with our customer success managers to put in as much effort to retaining and and making sure that our customers are successful. However, I don't necessarily think that means that net new sales takes a backseat. We have ambitious growth targets. You know, I'm sure you have ambitious growth targets as well. And so my primary focus is all about sourcing net new logos for the company, but it's going to come down to where your business is at in its growth stage, I think. Yeah, absolutely agreed on this. So do you really think apart from the traditional way, is there any other new activities that you're taking up during the slow time that we have right now or (laughs) the new normal is what I would say? Yeah, well, I think there's two parts to that question, right? Business-wise, am I changing anything from an activity standpoint? But personally as well, I think we're all sort of going through some personal new activities. I know that I'm exploring what my backyard has to offer and my backyard being California. I feel like every day is a bit of a vacation for me, but I'm I'm picking up some other activities, right? So like wine walks, if anyone wants to join me on one of those, you just pick up some wine and go for a walk around the neighborhood and, and check out some great houses. I've been doing some virtual gym classes, but <laughs> on, a, on a bit more of a serious note, I think a lot of my extra activities that I've been doing now has been focused on skill building, especially yeah. for these you know remote sales engagements, because it's so much different selling and closing, especially over a, a Zoom call. So really trying to hone the skills there. We're currently running an objection handling masterclass exercise at MindTickle. So that's been really, really cool to drink our own champagne and use our product in a really compelling way. The other thing that I've been doing is honing my virtual whiteboard skills. So I don't know about you, but I love to use a whiteboard when it comes to planning and doing strategies, but that's been a little bit more difficult since we can't be in person anymore. So hooking the iPad up to my computer, 
and using, you know, a pencil and drawing on a virtual whiteboard has been something I've been trying to practice in the last couple of weeks. Interesting stuff. So as you said, it feels like a vacation in California. So are you really missing the cricket sessions that you played in Australia? (laughs) Well, look, we're moving into winter in Australia. So I'm on the back end of the cricket season. But I tell you what, there's nothing more that I miss than backyard cricket with a cold beer. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so you have, apart from inside some interesting texts, which which I'm sure if anyone gets wants to know more about you, they can connect back. So before we go out of the topic again, I have one last question for you. What kind of insights or intelligence do you have access to and how are you using this insights basically to reach out to the prospects? Yeah, well, I, I think, and maybe this is a bit of a plug for you, intent data is is so necessary at a time like this, right? Knowing what right. topics and keywords are resonating with particular customer groups. And then also understanding who's engaging, who's researching, who's looking to understand what's going on and what else is out there. We've definitely pivoted our our topics over at MindTickle to be more focused on virtual training versus sales readiness or sales enablement. So thinking about that is very important. We do get intent data, probably not as comprehensive as what you're offering, but from G2 Crowd, which is really good sometimes because a lot of the people who are engaging on there are actively looking for a solution. So the outreach that I typically go with when reaching out to somebody via G2 or via, you know, via email with G2 intent data is really going to be, I noticed that somebody was researching you know, mind tickle at your company. I you seem to be like the most likely person that would be doing that. Just so you know, I'm your point of contact. Is there anything that I can help you with? And it's not as creepy <laughs> as some of the other, you know, intent data messages that I've seen out there. What else am I doing? Uh, constantly reviewing and refining our sequences and success rates from an insights perspective. So we're doing a lot of A-B testing in relation to messaging and the cadences that are working making sure that we've refined the message, refined the cadence to a point that is keeping us on our toes, but also our BDRs interested. You know, going through the motions can always, you know, be changed up if you've got a new message for market or a new way of engaging somebody. So that's something else that we're doing in terms of changing our strategy to reach prospects. And then finally, our sales leadership is hyper-focused on readiness, you know, what is the readiness of our organization? How message ready are we? How objection ready are we to tackle some of these new challenges that are coming out as a result of COVID? And they're looking at it as one of those leading indicators for Q2 and Q3 sales success. So, I mean, they're they're the three things that come to mind. I don't know. What are you seeing over on your end? Yeah, of course, as being an intent data player, along with the technographics expertise, of course, we have a different way of doing it, apart from the way G2 does it, because we have a pattern or a sequence to do it. Yeah. Mm, Thanks. So thank you again, Oscar, for being on our show. And I would really like to host you again. But before we part, any last parting thoughts that you would like to share from your end? I might leave with something that an old manager and, and a mentor and a dear friend used to say to me that I think relates back to anything that comes to sales, whether it's prospecting, whether it's accelerating pipeline velocity, converting that at higher margins, but having a process and sticking to it. And he always used to say is consistently good is always going to be occasionally great. So let that sink in. It doesn't really matter if you're occasionally great one day or not necessarily the next, but if you can be consistently good, you'll be successful in sales. 
how true and how well you said that fantastic so we look forward to keeping in touch and thank you once again thank you everyone for tuning in today